Hello, and welcome to a nor'eastern episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host once again, Nick Harmon. With us today, Ken Landon of KL Drywall out of Albany, New York. We discuss Fresco Harmony, the origins of the hawk and the term hawk, and how getting in trouble at school may have led him to a lifelong career. We sit there in the principal's office and they want to suspend me. And we look around the principal's office and they're sheetrocking the principal's office and they're renovating the offices in there. So the old man says, he says, hey, instead of suspending them for two weeks, make them tape the offices in here. Now, I had only worked in closets and garages. Like I didn't, I only knew how to rough coat. I couldn't second coat. I couldn't polish. So here I am thrown into the fire in my nice. principal's office, like freaking knucklehead with all my buddies walking around the hallways. I'm standing on the principal's desk. I'm dropping mud all over the desks. Nothing's covered up. It was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. It came out off. Sure. And that's how I got thrown into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty and funny. That's Ken is an awesome guy, and I know you guys are going to like this one. I am stoked for the month of May for a couple of reasons. One is it's my birthday. May is awesome. The second is May represents an entire year that the Drywall Podcast has been going. We will celebrate 50 episodes this month, but also... I am proud to announce our sponsor for May, Tech Dry Tools. Tech Dry Tools is USA designed, manufactured, and assembled in Omaha, Nebraska. Their lock design allows you to choose from three different size blades that fit right into your pocket. Follow Tech Dry Tools on TikTok for lots of chances to win awesome swag. Also, keep your eye out for new and innovative products coming from Tech Dry Tools. I've used the Tech Dry Tools, they're super awesome, and I think you should absolutely try them. If you don't know what Tech Dry Tools are, check out my episode with Corey way back in the beginning in uh, June of 22 I think it was episode number 4 where we discussed a tech dry tool when they were just getting started they are now crushing it guests of the drywall podcast will receive a free tech dry tool along with a bunch of other awesome stuff in a swag bucket donated by CSR you can find all your drywall stuff at csrbuilding.com. But for now, Ken Landon, episode 49 on the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. That is what we do. We have Ken Landon, KL Drywall out of Albany, New York. Welcome to the Drywall Podcast. Nick, what's happening? <laughs> life buddy life that's it, you know? that's it. i like and... the fresco harmony sign in the back man i sent you pictures i tried that nice. in my own bathroom freaking cool i love it you do good yeah i mean i was gonna ask about it you know we've got i've got standard questions that i dive into um you know we're gonna talk about you and the business and uh you know how you got into this crazy trade you know whatever we'll go all over the place but uh first yeah so i think you you were inquiring about fresco harmony or maybe you heard the drywall podcast and you were like hey i want to be on the drywall podcast and i was like sure man come on let's talk and uh you were like what's this fresco harmony stuff and i was like i'll send you a little bit you can try it out and uh yeah. You made a couple videos that I shared. They're fuzzy, um, but you did you did a base coat, and maybe your lines were too. You did, you probably ran it like regular straight lap lines, and then when you did the second coat, those flashed through like straight lap lines instead of making your lap lines at more abstract. But, you know, that's the whole point of testing the process and the product is to realize, oh, this does work. It matches the color. 
you can cover a wall with it, et cetera. But run me through your sort of your experience. And then, I mean, are you interested in doing more with it or, you know, do you, do you have questions about how to sell it? Like anything? No, no. I mean, I, I, I've been doing this shit a long freaking time. Are we on yeah. live now? Is this, is we're, we're going, fucking, right? Dude, we're going, dude. <laughs> so yeah, I reached out to you. I, I, you know, uh, it's, I have a funny story, but I listen to podcasts sometimes on my commute back and forth to my other job. And, um, you know, okay. I just stumbled across on, on the drywall podcast and I was like, Holy shit, this is right up my alley. I've been doing this since 1979. So Okay, um, so you just you stumbled onto the drywall podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. did you like Google or look up hit, drywall? I was I was I was I watched I, I I get it on Spotify, I think on my in my car and okay. I was punching something in and the first two letters were DR of I forget what I was looking for. And drywall came up and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I clicked on that and then the drywall podcast came up and I'm like, this is telling me something. And then I listened to two episodes on the way down, down where I was driving south. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to get on this fucking podcast, yeah. man. Who do which, so which ones did you listen to? Which podcast? So I listened I, I listened to the, the, the two, the one dude from, I forget their names, but the, the one dude from Canada. Um, yeah, there's been a bunch from I, Canada. I, I I can't remember his name. I just listened to the recent, most recent one. The guy from, I think he was from Brazil. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then there was a young kid, another young kid. That was a recent one. And But the couple of older ones, that was a couple of weeks ago. I can't recall the names. But All I remember right. the stories. Like, the guy was like, uh, and then I watched a couple of YouTube things too. You had some dude, I think was a can, uh, a tool rep from Can-Am or something. And um if that's correct, I don't even know if that's correct. Or not, but, you know. <laughs> I forget myself. You, listen, we, not much information creeps into the Northeast up here. Only you know, yeah, you guys, the Canadians and stuff. We're kind of like I'm in Albuquerque. Like, I'm I'm in Albuquerque, dude. I you know, I mean, I wouldn't have access to this information either if it wasn't for the internet or the drywall podcast. You know. So it's, it's true. It's true. But, you know, one of the funny things is like, you're like, all right, take your sample pack, and <laughs> put it into a box of compound. And I'm like, dude, we don't have fucking boxes of compound up in here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm running around and I'm like, I know I've seen a box of compound somewhere, you know? So I wound up, this, this is a good segue into the into my, yeah. my, my fresco experience. So, so I wound up just getting, I'm like, all right, 3.5, right? I'm like, okay. So I see the dust free. I'm not a big, you know, blue top guy. So I yeah. grab it because it's 3.5. So my mistake was, my, my, my big mistake was, is on that, that mud that comes out of that pail, it's already a little, it's, it's not, it's not as thick as I like it to be. So when I added, when I added the liquid, when I added the, the the Fresco Harmony, I shook the shook everything out of the can. I got it into yeah. the bucket, right? Yeah. And then, of course, on my drill bit, I cleaned my drill bit. A little bit of water got in there. I know immediately that my mistake was is that the mud was too loose. So, um, you know, I went with it though. I left it on a little heavier, and here I am as a, as yeah. A that tanker, doesn't seem my- like though just one eight ounce bottle. It does, it won't make it that loose. I mean, maybe I didn't. I, I don't I, use the dust free. No, I I went overboard with it because I I added some liquid oh, into the bottle. Okay, and I shook it and I put it the in. cleaning. I didn't. Yeah, and you know, like an idiot, I'm looking in there and like Nick says to get all the stuff out of the yeah, bottle. I'm looking in absolutely. Like, There's still more in there, and I'm shaking it and I throw it in there. But anyway, I made it too loose. My bad. Yeah, but that's I immediately right. figured it out. Okay. So now I have to train myself. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a taper. I'm not. A, I'm not a hanger. I'm a taper. I've been a taper my whole life. Okay. Although I had rockers working for me on my crew at one point. I had 25 men working for me. Right. Yeah. But I'm a taper. Wow. I'm a finisher. So my mentality is smooth and flat. Smooth and flat. Yeah. So here I am. I'm like, it was actually hard for me to leave lap line. So now I'm yep. like, I'm taking pressure off the knife. I'm opening yep. my knife. I'm flattening my knife and I'm trying to move it around. But no matter how much I moved it around, it was still coming up just what you said with those even <laughs> fucking flat legs. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not messy enough. So I did yeah. it again. 
I, and that's why I yeah. texted you. I said, hey, that's okay. can I go over this shit? And you were like, yeah. So I did. Many times as you want. Just play around with that as many times as you want. Yeah, that my first few walls, you know, I mean, I was doing racing stripes to cover up the existing texture with a 14-inch knife. I was do like, you know, stripes, and then I go in between sure. the stripes to flatten out the wall. And then I would go into the fresco harmony and quickly I realized, oh, I could just do the, I could just do the preliminary coat, the base coat with the color, leave heavier, leave it a little heavier and cover up that and then go over it tighter. And I think, you know, the more you do it and the more you do it and the more you do it, you realize, oh my God, I can get away with murder with this technique. That's a hundred percent right. I can do, I can just, I can bury everything. And even like a patch, it's like, you just smear the shit on there. Fatty edges, all that doesn't matter. Like, and then your second coat just crushes it. And so that was a revelation for me. It was like, oh, like, like, honestly, I was like, we're going about this mud thing all wrong. Like the entire trade we're, we're, we're looking at mud the wrong way. It doesn't have to be perfect. But yeah. then we've already established it doesn't have to be perfect with ugly ass popcorn ceilings. It's like that's okay, but you, you but it has but then you have to have level five. It either has to be level five or ugly ass popcorn or brocade. That makes zero right. sense to me. Why can't it just be right. kind of smooth? Right. You know, right. Uh, smooth right. enough for that a client would think that it's smooth. So that, that is me. common. That is a common mistake is um, not mistake, but it's a common thing breaking those 30, 40 year old ingrained rules about finishing. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. no, 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 L- leave it messy. <laughs> like leave that yeah. base coat messy. That's hard. <laughs> it was very, it was very, very difficult for me. It really yep. was, you know, and I'm using a 10, 10 inch. I'm using a, I'm not, a, I'm, no offense to the pan handlers out there. I'm not a pan monkey. I use a hawk, uh-huh. but, um, you know. Oh, that's uh, kind. That's I, kind. You you call them pan monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no offense I figured we have thick, we have <laughs> We have thick skin on this podcast. I figured yeah. that was appropriate. Yeah. Hey, to all you yeah. pan monkeys out there, no offense. I use a hawk. Thank <laughs> no you very offense. much. <laughs> I love I it. Love it. And then somebody asked me, you know, how did how did the name Hawk come around? And I'm just like, come on, man. If you're the taper and you don't know that, I said, you know what? I bet you not many tapers know how. I do not. I about. do not know how the term Hawk came, uh, why it's called a Hawk. Enlighten, so it, enlighten the community. I don't know if it's enlightening, but this is all <laughs> unnecessary information that I store in my in my noggin. Because this whole podcast, this whole entire podcast is unnecessary information. <laughs> just just to clear the air. <laughs> okay, so Honestly, it's as simple. It's it's exactly what you think it might be. Okay, and if you okay. look it up, the definition of the hawk in a trade in a drywall trade, it came from when a, when a hawk, a bird, came. And the, and, the, and the commander or whoever the instructor, whatever you want to call him, the hawk would land on the edge of his hand. Oh, that makes sense. And that, and that's as simple as it is, believe it or a, not. A, hand, a handler? I'm I'm not sure what, uh, uh, the, like the bird specialist that would have a hawk. It's come. a hawk. It, yeah, it, it's a hawk. It handler. makes me think of, it makes me think of the Beastmaster. Did you ever see that with the, the Beastmaster? Like old, like 1980s, the guy was like a beast master and he had a hawk and the hawk would go and fly and he could see through the hawk's eyes. <laughs> and then you're like, he was like, he'd like control the panther too or something. He, you know, it was like one of those cheesy 80s, but it's called the beast master. <laughs> Maybe that's why subconsciously I just called all the panhandlers pan monkeys because they're monkeys, which is yeah. a bird. But now it's a monkey, whatever, man. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, with the fresco, it was really interesting to me because I had to train myself, but I got it like immediately. I did it again, and I just literally, I just fucking threw it on. I literally took it and I just threw it on there, and I just, yeah. you know, not even skipped yeah. around it, but I just I mounted it on, and I'm like, yo, this shit, you can bury anything with this, yeah. Yeah, even wallpaper. We've done like wallpaper, wood paneling, cinder block, 
I mean, I've really, you know, and then once you start going down the rabbit hole, it's like, whoa, you can do, you can cover tile. One of my first jobs I primed and I covered up, you know, instead of like tearing the tile off of a fireplace surround, I just, I masked it off and I just mudded it. And it's still I there saw, today, like 18 years later. You did that on YouTube, right? You, uh, you put that on YouTube, right? I don't know. There, there. I saw, there, I watched I, one night, one night I got into drinking a couple of beers, go figure. Okay. Um, and I just I binged on your YouTube for about three hours and I just watched all your Fresco Harmony YouTubes. And oh, okay. Like this motherfucker just went over brick with 90. Yeah. I'm like, no issues, dude. And then, and then, and then, and then I watched you do, I think it was even in your own house. You did like an archway and you put a TV in there. And I'm like, you know, this guy just called this drywall art. And I was like, I never referred to it as drywall art. And I actually told, one of my old employees that worked for me and and he's i got to give him a shout out chris vitale he's aka he's known as the drywall avenger on social media he okay. worked for me for like 15 years but i okay. was telling him about it. like i was like no shit man i'm like like you went over brick and you calling it drywall art and you take it to a whole nother level and i think that's that, that's that's well uh, i know that we're interviewing you but i kind of have a funny story about about the drywall art concept um when i when i had left the union um I, the colors were introduced to me and i started creating artwork mud artwork on pieces of sheetrock i thought it was like the, you know the coolest thing since sliced bread and then you could put like yeah, yeah. you could do like a three-dimensional piece of art on a wall like bernie mitchell does i don't know if you've seen He's he uh, we interviewed Bernie on the show. He does these beautiful murals. There's and I did a three piece uh, drywall mud sculpture artist series. And so there's a dude out of uh, uh, Tucson, Arizona. We also have a guy out of Colorado, Jason uh, Griffin and uh, Bernie Mitchell out of Canada. They all do uh, artwork, dimensional artwork with quick set quick setting joint compound like sculptural work very beautiful stuff right cool um very so cool. i i sort of started doing these abstract artworks early on this is what led to fresco harmony and i was calling it like drywall art well fast forward a few years uh we were on like drywall talk and some of these other platforms and uh trim Techs had coined and i think they trademarked drywall art and they even had a drywall artist of the year um, contest and several people ended up winning the drywall artist of the year. And what it was, was not sculpture art. Like I was, I was used to like art, drywall art to me was like, Oh, sculpturing with mud. No, no, no. It right. was like these fancy cause they were promoting their step able chamfer, like all of these unique corner and even their uh their like chair rails and like uh you know uh all their flex corners and all of that shit no even crown molding like they do like oh, they okay. do they do their own crown molding like you can get super fancy with it and so um i did two houses back to back with stepple and you probably watched the video it's called the venetian corner where I spray paint the step bowl corners and things like that. So I got into the drywall art. So that video that you're watching, you know, ultimately, even in my mind, just to be in alignment with the industry, I consider that to be more drywall art. What I what what I do with mud artistically is just sculptural art. It's abstract, you know, unique sculptural art. Um, you know, but that stuff is so much fun to play with. Uh, that's the background of that. And that TV wall did turn out pretty cool. We used arch, uh, step return. So I set that, I set that whole piece in a half inch, you know, into the wall. And then I cut, I actually had to build out the backside of that wall. You know, I had to frame out that, <laughs> to accommodate the TV. It's still not like back there enough. I want to like do a, a flush mount. TV system so that it's like in the, you know, in the wall. Um, but that, that's how the creative juices flow. You know, I, I see stuff like awesome. step, step a bowl, you know, once you have access to colored mud, it's like, Oh, well you can do anything. You know, this is limitless. You really can. You really, you I know, started talking to customers about, about the Fresco Harmony, you know, and we talked about it quickly, you know, providing some samples and doing some accent walls and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. Um, 
once I get more dive deeper into it a little bit, you know, I'll, I'll start selling it a little bit more. I'm kind of like in the transition. I, I, I went back, I got into the trade back in, as a young kid in 1977, I worked all okay. through high school. I, I co- incorporated uh, KL Drywall in 1988, but back when I first started, um, I, uh, there wasn't, so there wasn't, there wasn't ready mix compound. It was all, you know, USG 275 with retardner. You had to mix that together, add the retardner. So it didn't, it didn't harden up. There was no such thing as buckets. We didn't have buckets. We were stealing like garbage pails and stuff and mixing shit. And then the transition started, right? Where they started doing the ready mix, started with the metal cans. Then it had the asbestos. And then they did without the, the metal cans because there was rust in the mud. Then it went to plastic, yeah. you know, and then they put the asbestos out, you know. So we watched yeah, all of that. Yeah, interesting. And, and, you know, that's how long I've been doing it. And, you know, back when I was in like, I think it was eighth grade. Eighth grade, so that would put me at what, like 14, 15. So my family had a drywall company in Manhattan. Okay, so you're second generation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it would call action taping in Manhattan. And, you know, he had about, the family had about 200 guys working, and I worked my way up. But I worked up as, you know, when you're an apprentice and you come in, I'm working in closets, you're rough coating closets, you're doing garages and stuff like that, and you're just trying to break into the trade. And I really had, hardly any experience. But the thing was, is it gave me a great work ethic, you know, because, and I understood the value of a dollar from a very young kid. Hey, wait, but wait a second. What's, what's worth, people, what's work ethic? What is that thing you speak in, of? In today's <laughs> day and age, there is no such thing. Hence the reason why I got into, into the business to try and be an advocate for the trade. But, um, you know, sure. back then we're all, we're 14, 15, 16 years old, all getting into trouble, you know, whatever we can do. You know, and 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 I'm everyone. They're all working in supermarkets, and they're working at this. I'm on the weekends in the summertime. I'm learning a trade. I'm in there working. So I get in trouble in school. I get suspended. They want to suspend me for two weeks. So my old man comes in. Um, we sit there in the principal's office, and they want to suspend me. And we look around the principal's office, and they're sheetrocking the principal's office, and they're renovating the offices in there. So the old man says. He says, hey, instead of suspending them for two weeks, make them tape the offices in here. Now, I, I had only worked in closets and garages. Like, I didn't, I only knew how to rough coat. I couldn't second coat. I couldn't polish. So here I am thrown into the fire in my nice. principal's office, like freaking knucklehead with all my buddies walking around the hallways. I'm standing on the principal's desk. I'm dropping mud all over the desks. Nothing's covered up. It was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. It came out off. Sure. And that's how I got thrown into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty and funny. That suspended, but it was like twenty boards. It took me all the two weeks to fucking finish it, and it looked yeah. like shit. It was awful. yeah. But then it you know probably I, looked I, I better. It it probably looked better than anybody else could have done it, though. I would imagine with a little bit of experience. No, a little bit. I mean, I did. I learned very very young. I got into the union, Manhattan, in the union. The union was called 1974 Plasters and Painters Union. I joined when I was 18 years old and I rose through the ranks really quickly because I already knew the trade, you know, and I got to a level in the union where I was already at top space pay scale. So what was the next next best thing was going to my own business. And then I started KL Drywall. But, you know, back then, you know, we were buying rock for nine cents a square foot. A can of compound was three three dollars and ninety nine cents. And look at the prices now. It's absurd. And uh you know, but um, I I developed a very unique kind of drywall company where I had really good guys working for me, and we 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 were doing a lot of track, a lot of track work. You know, bead monsters, you know, return windows, everything, and they weren't paying that much. So I said, "How do I get myself to the next level?" And I said, "We got to go after the high end, high end, high end." And we started doing crazy shit. You know, we started doing, you know, we would power plane the studs. We would do everything with a laser. We would you know, put resilient channel on the ceilings to make sure the kitchens and the bathrooms and everything was square and level. So we were doing the extra at that time that no one else was doing. That kind of put me in a category where I was getting a lot of the bigger, you know, uh, more, more detailed jobs. This is your, this is your dad's company at that time. No, this was, this was, this was my company, KL Drywall. When I started that, KL Drywall. And that started in like 88. How long before you started your own company, um how old were you around so that time? like 1982 
to 88, okay. I, I worked um, a little bit more. Yeah, but about right out of, so I graduated 82, 83. So right out of high school, I got into the union. And then okay. in 88, I opened my own company. Why did you leave the union yeah. and go open your own company? You just wanted more of a Stupidity. challenge? Stupidity. Because <laughs> yeah. if I would have stayed in the fucking union, I would be retired right now. But um, no, I got, like I said, I got to the highest, I got to the highest pay scale at that point. I was like 21 years old. Yeah. And I was like, what else am I going to, what's my next move? And everybody go, was like, oh, go in your own business. You, you got to go sow, sow your oats, so to speak. Right. But, you know, look, this is, this is going back a really long time. This was yeah. before, this is before trim text. This is when straight flex started coming out with all of their materials. Right. And we were getting all of this different shit that they were sending. I worked very well with Camco supply. Um, I was the premier drywall guy. They recommended me that the, the, the straight tech is uh, straight flex guy came up and said, Hey, we need a drywall guy to represent us. We're coming out with all these new products. We want someone to, to be like a Northeast rep and, you know, go into show, go into lumber yards and go into on jobs and sell this stuff. Like, see if you can sell it. And they interviewed me and I was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like something maybe I could do. And I remember the truck pulling up in front of my house and this guy came out with this monster box and it was everything that trim techs had. It was the fucking corners. It was the, there was this stuff that you put on the 45s on the ceiling that you 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 only nailed into some of the ceiling joints and it collapsed and make the level and it was perforated yeah. stuff and then and I'm like what the fuck is all this stuff like we had no idea yeah know? and then and then we started using it and were you using the tools back then no tools all, no all tools hand. do you use tools hand. now or are you hand um I've always been hand hand you are a, okay use. you're a rare you're sort of a rare bird just to stick with yeah. the hawk would stick with the hawk <laughs> not you're the no, you might not be a monkey but you are a rare bird um, so yeah a lot you know as you know with the advancements in the industry i'll let you continue on with your story because it's interesting but uh i just want to clarify you're you know we don't get a lot of like solid hand finishers on here you know it's yeah there, there's still a few you left out there and so we'll dive into that a little more but keep going listen, with your story listen when we you know, we got introduced. There were other guys like I never personally learned how to use the bazooka or the boxes or anything like that. But there yeah. were guys like when we would when we were running and we would do in production, big flat work production, we would bring in guys. And most of the guys that we brought in were all from the West Coast. Like this was not an East Coast thing. Okay. It was all West Coast. As, as close that we got is we would run the banjo. Yeah. You know, we would run the banjo. How do you and, tape? How do you tape today? I, I tape all by hand. You tape by hand. Do you hand. have one of those little reels on your belt loop? You know? I got a handmade one that's a piece of black iron that I forged out that I've been using nice. for like 30 years. I and love it, it dude. On. You are old school. And I just and I just <laughs> use that. And you know, I still use a corner roller, but you know, okay, when I look at these guys, that's a that's a tool, Ken. That is a tool. So I use I use the corner roller. I use Okay, no flushers or no glazers, none of that. Nope, nothing. Okay. All all by hand. And okay. You know, I worked I worked in the New York Penta Hotel across from Madison Square Garden for two years doing all the plaster restoration work in the bathrooms. I worked at the Waldorf Astoria doing all the ornamental plaster work. Neat. You know, um worked in Manhattan for many, many, many years just doing crazy, crazy shit. And if yeah, if it's in the wall, it doesn't have to be sheetrock. If it's plaster. I don't care if it's horse hair. I don't care if it's newspaper. I don't care if it's sellotext back, wax board. If it's in the wall or a ceiling, I can fix it and make it flat. Okay. You know, and and I learned, you know, using Structolite, I learned all of that shit. And I still, you know, I still use the 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 ready mix and the quick drying shit today to my advantage. I mean, it's great. We didn't have any of that shit back then. We yeah, the I I mean, I'll we'll do because I'm in New Mexico, so we have a, a lot of that old school hardcore plaster you know you've got the lath yeah. 
And then you got like, you know, the wood, the wood slats with the heavy plaster, you know, and it's failing all the time. Um, it's always failing. But yeah, yeah. Structolite, though, uh, a lot of people haven't heard of Structolite. I love that shit, man. That stuff's awesome. That stuff's I've, incredible. I've covered fireplaces with Structolite, too, but um, I feel like the I feel like the quick set's better that even then struck the light, like it doesn't shrink. You can get, you can get struck the light smoother, but, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, if, if I have a lot of fill struck the lights, fantastic. If there's something like really nasty, you know, like your plaster oh, yeah. jobs, you probably bust out that struck the light to smooth something out. That's just really rough. If I got, if I have to, yeah, the truck lights always in the truck, you know, but the dirt, you know, all of that, all of the numbers, man, and the twenties, the 45s, the sixties and nineties, I had none yeah. of that shit back then, man. We had to do it all with crap compound, you know? And, and if you can make shit flat with all of that stuff back then, you but you, I mean, this stuff now, like I buy 45, I use that shit all the time, man. That stuff's incredible, man. It's just, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't move. Yeah. And I can get on top of that. I can get shit done in 10 times the amount of time you know and and it's just the innovation that has you know come over the course of the years is just phenomenal to me and um, yeah yeah you know, well and, me, and around me, the tools around the around the tools the innovation is is amazing so oh, don't you yeah don't you feel like you're missing out a little bit by not like jumping into the tool the whole tool world they're kind of now, fun no, the bazooka, so the bazooka is fun to run, man. It's it's a bitch, but it's like it's a lot of fun once you figure it out. Listen, man, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm on the back end of my career right now. You know what I do? I do minimum <laughs> no. charge sheetrock and 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 plaster patching, water damage repair jobs. Okay. Somebody asked me to hang four boards. I'm like, fuck you! I ain't hanging. Nothing. Oh, okay. I'll finish it. I call those prima donnas. You're a prima donna bird. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> When you put in 45 years, you're allowed to be a prima donna. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No. Yeah. My, even, even guys with like five years, you know, they become prima donnas, you know, overnight. Yeah. Well, we had all of those terms back when we were working, you know, yeah. and, and you know, we prima donnas. We would listen, man, I, I did it for years and years. We worked for, you know, 25 cents, 30 cents a square foot. We were producing, man. And it was all by yeah. hand. And you know, we, we, you know, we battled everybody. We battled the floor guys. We battled the electricians, the plumbers, you know, and the guys who were cool with us, we wound up, you know, working very well with them. The guys who weren't usually found their fucking, their pile of trim or their pile of oak flooring with fucking giant globs of mud fucking <laughs> dropped on them on purpose, you know? Yeah. The electricians, so, you know. were they, were the electricians cleaner back then? Did they clean up after themselves? God, no, nobody cleaned up. <laughs> No, do you God. understand, Nick? Do you understand? I try and tell I try and tell everybody this. Do you understand the damage that a fucking wire nut can do to a guy who's walking on the stilts? Yeah. You hit a wire nut, you step on a wire nut, you're done. Yeah. And what would I slip I would on? It was always something, yeah, a bolt. You know, that a that, bolt that be gone. <laughs> yeah, that that foot just goes. And cords. It goes I always, I always fell on the cords. We were when I, I was in uh, the mobile homes, and they had the air, they had the air hoses all over the houses. I'd trip on those damn things. Man, you get caught on an air hose. Yeah, you're down. You're down. Fell like five but, times. I mean, I'm I'm six foot two, so I on the eight foot ceilings, I used the short stilts, fourteen inch stilts, got me right up there. But I'd be on those things eight hours a day sometimes. You're you know, six I was foot the two. I'm just under six two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty tall. So, but not bad. You know, once I passed two two hundred and twenty five pounds, the stilt, the red light on the stilts would go on and be like, <laughs> "Hey, fat boy, you can't go on these anymore." I'd be like, "Hey, so how much do you think these stilts can take?" I'm two forty now. I think it can hold me. <laughs> nice. I didn't. I've never. You know, I've never seen where the red light is located on those stilts. I gotta. I gotta look. Closer. If you look really hard, it's on the bottom, and the more it blinks, the more in danger you yeah, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danger. Danger. That's funny. The red light on the stilt. It makes me want to go paint like a check engine light. You know, on my stilts. <laughs> like put it on. And then you get. 
And then you get up to the big stilts, the bigger ones. But listen, man, you know, people don't understand. That shit takes its toll on your body, man. You know, I did it for many, many years. I had some knee surgeries because of the stilts, you know, just running, running, running up and down. But it's no different from, you know, a floor guy with, with his back or a, a tile guy with his knees. You know, we all... And I think I think that uh, the stereotypical mindset with the the tradesmen is just like oh they're just they're unskilled people they're just grunt workers which is so untrue nowadays you know I think being a trade advocate nowadays more than ever is so mm-hmm. um, so important and so necessary um, because no one's looking down on the trades anymore and it's funny in another five years when you have no one to do anything like. What do you mean? It's, no it's one's be- looking. They're still looking down on the trades. I think they're. I think we're valued more, but I think there's. Okay. St- I think there's still a like, oh, you're a piece of shit plumber, and the plumber's like, oh, that's fine. You can call me a piece of shit. That'll be five hundred bucks for me to, right. you know, right. tighten the fucking bolt on your on your pipe. You right, know, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, you're take, right. You're right. You know, you're takes, right. He's like, you know, we're like, I don't give a shit. You know, I don't care yeah. that it took me twenty minutes. It's five hundred bucks, and they'll pay it because they don't have a choice. Right? They you don't know, have a choice. the other guy's charging five five hundred bucks too. I love it. I love it when people come. You know, for me, that's why I said I do minimum charge jobs. You know, and um, on the back end of my career. And uh, I shouldn't say that. I'm on the back end. I got it. I got out of the out of the, the the drywall industry in 2008 and opened up a brewery. And so I brew my own beer. And that, it, 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 it's still going today. And I'm on the back nice. end of that, getting out of that, transitioning back into drywall because I see the need for it and whatnot. But that's you know that's cross my- that's Crossroads Brewery, right? Yeah, Crossroads Brewery. Yeah, we Crossroads. That in, uh, yep. Yep. Crossroads, what yep, what yep. year did you open? I opened the first location in 2009 and then the second location in 2017. Shut the hell up. You got two locations of breweries? Yes, yeah, so, but I'm, I'm selling both of them because I want to get out of the industry. You know Why? Um, it's run its course, you know. There's a it's, lot of micro uh, beers out there now. It's very saturated. And I said, you know, it's funny because how you get – the, the one I was in the trade for so long and I got to a point when my son went off to college, I was like down living on Long Island. I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? My son's moving off. I said, let me try something else. I wanted to get out. I did everything there was to do except work the tools, you know, the machine. Um, yeah. But I said, let's move on. And the microbrew industry back in 2005 was really hot. So I got into that and, you know, yeah. ran after 10 years and then, I started talking to a lot of local carpenters and stuff and they say, Oh, you got a trade. This is not long ago. You got a trade, like maybe a year ago, you got a trade. You're a tape. I said, yeah, I'm a taper. I'm a taper. I'm a taper. It's like, you know, there's a need for that need for that. So I said, Oh yeah, let's see. So I started putting my feelers out there. And next thing you know, there's nobody out there that's doing Slams. it. There's no one. And if, yeah. And, and my phone's ringing off the hooks and I'm running fucking three businesses. And I start, so I started thinking to myself, I said, okay, how can I make more money in less amount of time as I'm moving right. on in age. I'm in, my, I'm in my late fifties, you know? And I said, not that I don't want to work. I love what I do. I love the trade. I love helping people. I love going into fixing shit, you know? And that was kind of like my transition. I said, all right, I ran this beer business for 14 years. Now I'm starting to get back into, into the drywall industry. And, you know, I have a minimum charge. Like you said, people still, still look down on us, like, like your bottom feeders, and and this is this is a funny story, and I'm not so much a story, but kind of like my theory. And um, you know, uh, a woman, you know, I charge you four hundred bucks, you know, do a small air conditioner patch with some water damage, and I was done in yeah. like two hours. And yeah, you know, she says to me, she says, "Hey, you know, you charge me four hundred bucks." I'm like, "Yeah." She said, "It only took you two hours." And I looked at her and I said, "No, it actually took me thirty five years." That's right. She. She kind of looked at me and I was like, it's true. I mean, I've been doing this for that long. If I just started, I wouldn't be able to do it in two hours. It could take somebody 10 hours and then that would be a good deal for you. And then and, you said, you wait, know, so- wait a second. Wait a second. Did I say 400? I meant 600. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's. But that's the mentality. And like you said earlier, you know, people do they do frown. They do look at the trades a little bit. Maybe they value a little bit, but they still look down. You're getting dirty every day, and 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 
it's it's but for me it's been eye-opening the last year in the transition back into the trade being out of it for 10 years only on a small level and now coming back to it and seeing all of the change and who would have thunk like i ran my business back in the day i mean i was on top of shit man i was on the job with my guys every day yeah i was on the stilts with them we were working and now who would have thunk all you got to do is actually call people back and you pretty much got the job. I'm like, that's it. That's all it takes. Cause nobody even calls back. <clears throat> so I've I bumped, just... I bumped my prices on Fresco harmony recently in the past year. I've probably gone up 25% and I'm still not getting any nose. They're not batting well, an eye. So I think we need to, as you know, look at, I have a, a coach that I work with. He always says business is business. Fun is fun, right? I think we let the marketplace decide. And that's what you do. You bump it up. And if nobody says no, you bump it up. Nobody says no. You don't get any pushback. The marketplace is letting you decide what, what's out there. You know, what, what, who, who well, and we as, what and we have to be okay with that $400 price tag. And I, I've talked about this on other podcasts like the value that we put in ourselves where it's like you know what i'm worth i'm worth that because i yes. you know and I, i'll even stop myself i've given this shit away for years plaster walls like beautiful colored joint compound walls call it plaster call it fresco harmony whatever the fuck you want i don't care whatever you want yeah. takes a right. lot of skill takes a yes. lot of knowledge i had to develop a whole goddamn product line and it's like, yeah. that's what it costs. Fuck you. That's what it fucking you know? costs. You're right. You want this shit for free? You want me to come do it for free? I got friends that are like, hey, come Fresco Harm. I just bought a like remodel. I'm like, fuck you, dude. My guy's busy. <laughs> like, you know, my wife like you know, wants shit for free. I'm like, nah, I gotta charge you. <laughs> I love it. No, I love sorry. It. Sorry. Sorry. Perfect. I can either make Perfect. money over here. You know, or make money on your job. I can't do it for free anymore. I've given so much Fresco Harmony away. I can't even like begin to tell you how much of this shit I've given away. You know, Listen, like I, tons. I, I totally, totally, totally get it. And if you put it the things into this that perspective, back going back in your career and all of the things that we have give, whether it be for friends, family, or or in the younger years, you know, going in and having bigger eyes than than you realize, you know, yeah. saying, hey, wow, this, you know, 500 board house, I can do this for, you know, 14 cents a square foot and taking a beating on it yeah. and busting your ass and not making any money. All of those days just to yeah. free, free. Now, now it's time, you know, now we get an opportunity to get the payoff, you know? I was and, always you know, like, when I was first starting the Fresco, it was like 2000 and... I remember doing an entire house, all kinds of patchwork and shit. They, she had a budget for t like twenty two hundred bucks, and I mean, she was breaking my balls. I probably went through thirty boxes of mud. Like it was a big job. Maybe a That's big, yeah. maybe a fourteen thousand dollar job today. Yeah, two thousand yeah. bucks. I'm looking at material costs. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have you know six or seven hundred bucks of material costs. You know, sure. sure. Yeah. And I needed the money. Like I wasn't doing anything else. I needed the money. I ended up making, and you know, I would break down all the numbers after the job. I ended up making like twelve bucks an hour. But the way that I looked at it was, I just got paid for all that experience, like all that learning curve of doing the color. You know, it, it was not only did I not only did I not have to pay for an education, but I, I got paid 12 bucks an hour to learn all that shit, you know, yeah. so that's just kind of the way I always looked at it. And hell yeah, now yeah. it's like, no way, dude, I don't set foot on a job for less than 1400 bucks, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100 percent. It's about time that we've actually can reap the financial rewards of all of the, you know, the, the years in the trenches, man, the years you know, battling on those jobs, working for, you know, very, very little amount of money. Yeah. And, um, and that's know, collect, it's, that's it's, collectively industry wide. Collectively. Collectively. Yeah. We all, 100%. We, we, all we all need to continue raising the bar, pushing that limit, you know, even with the builders, I talked with AG drywall, he's down in Tennessee 
from Canada. Great interview. Great guy. Um, but we were, we talked about that, you know, he got some pushback from one of the builders and he just walked Bye, dude. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I'm a, I'm good at what I do. This builder over here want a good drywaller. You know, I yeah. can go work. I yeah. can go work for them. Being prepared to do that, you know, because you've heard it too. The the builders that are like, you know, it's hard. The builders more than anybody else. They they seem to like, you know, know how to squeeze those profit margins. And those are the guys of that course. we. They're the biggest pain in the ass. Like I'd rather work yeah, for a homeowner. <laughs> Listen. The other thing too, Nick, is is that you know. I agree with that. The homeowners sometimes can drive you insane, but I think they more or less drive you insane because the lack of knowledge, you know, and they, they just don't know. Whereas the builder, when you get to that point, let's think about it, right? From the start to the finish, we're, we're one of the last trades to come in besides what the painter, right? So by that time, that pool of money is gone. So they're looking to fucking squeeze every dollar out of the, out of what's left as they possibly can. And who's, who are they going to beat up the taper and the painter? Yeah. And that's, that's, it's always been that way. And I'm like, to where we're know, not charging, to... we're not charging to go back and do patchwork. You know, you know, that blows my mind. It's like, no. And, and drywallers will even say, oh, no, we don't charge for that. We don't, I don't charge it. You, you know, the electrician's going to go through and Swiss cheese your ceiling and change all these right. fixtures out. Right. And then, but I'm, that's part of my bid price. Fuck, oh, fuck that. that. That was a battle. That was a battle. I literally watched the fucking guy. Oh, where do you want that high hat? And the electrician would go, hold on right here. Bash. Oh, you don't want it there? Bash. <laughs> oh, the taper will take care of that. What do you mean the taper's going to take care of that? I'm working on the other wing on the other side. I got nothing to do with this shit over here. Oh, and we always used to have the funny saying back in the day, right? Everything was always, could you just? And we would just say, no. Could you just? Why you got that mud on your hawk? Could you just come over on the other side? Could you just drive your hawk with the mud to the other side of the neighborhood <laughs> and hit this patch? Could you just? It's never fun. Yeah. Could you just? Why you got mud? Where you mud? Can you walk yeah. down? Can you walk? Uh, you know, forty blocks <laughs> just yeah. do a patch down yeah, another job. Yeah, because you're working, right? You're roughing out a basement or you're on the main floor and the electrician fucks something up or the plumber fucks something up all the way on the other side in the family room. And now it's your fault. Now it's your problem. Mm -hmm. Now you got to trudge all the way over there. Wait a minute. I got nothing to do with that. Yeah. But yeah, they make the patches and they just think that's included. And I always tell people, I go, listen, if you go to the, if you go to the restaurant and you get a steak and you order a side, it's not free. <laughs> you know, you got to pay I always for it. Well, I always use that analogy too when I go to get paid, like because then they hold the money. They like hold, to hold, always hold. hold the money for as long as possible. I'm like, when you go buy a gallon of milk, you don't take the milk home and see if it tastes good. You right, buy right, the damn right. milk and you take it home. Right, like right. you know, I get pissed, man. I like, I want my money. Like you said, it was going to be I, here. I, I, I want it. Homeowners, homeowners are like, how much can I pay you? I, I've got my checkbook. Here's my checkbook. Do you need some money? Builders are like, yeah. you know, you got to drive. You got to. I'm, I'm. I don't know where I'm going to be today. I might be at this job around four o'clock, and it's like, dude, right? You know, give me right. a break. You, you have right. to drive and go find them. You know, I have homeowners yeah. Those... dropping checks by my office. That's a power thing. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. That's gone everyone. are the days, dude. Gone are the days that they can, you know. I'm not only am I getting deposits now up front to hold the job, but I'm getting half. And that's and awesome. like yeah. there's a couple jobs where I got the entire amount up front. <laughs> they thought they thought I was from another planet. And it was a uh, it was a plaster job. And uh I was really nervous about it because plaster jobs are like, well. It was a window company, a very reputable window company here in town, and they needed this plaster. Of course, nobody does plaster repair. Um, with the fres with the Fresco Harmony, you can use the color in the mud, and you know, Dyrene Candy, Westbrook Tan, a little of this color, sure. a little of that color, some faux paint, and you can totally do a plaster patch with Fresco Harmony and the sealers and shit. Works great. I've done several of them, but I told this reputable company, I was like, I'll do it. There's no guarantees that the client is going to like it. And I need to get paid up front. <laughs> like right to the day of starting. I'm like, 
they held like the check and like it was like tooth and nail and finally right at the end finally right at the end i was like i'm gonna pull off this job unless you show up with my money like i'm not gonna start and you're gonna get checks in the mail yeah all of it yeah i'll be over here on this job site yeah they ended up paying and they had to let me know it was unprecedented they never do that and i was like i don't give a shit I don't care if you do it or you don't do it. You want the fucking patch done or not? So I like it. That and and I'm not saying that to brag. Even to me, it was a hard practice to do. It was like it was almost like a practice for me to like, uh, like like explore the my own value. You know, like why not? Why why don't we get money up front? You know, you're a good finisher. You know, you're going to show up and get the damn job done. Yeah, there's a lot of subs that are they're douchebags that'll take the money and run. There's a lot of those sure. guys. But if you're reputable and you're good at what you do, they can call references. You know, sure, absolutely, absolutely. And think, it's like, why know, am I funding? Why am I funding your job? Funding I don't job. have money. I, I'm a drywaller. Right. The deposits, the deposits thing, look, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, you get the the contractors and, and the homeowners and they look at they look at our trade as is like, oh, this is just a bunch of clowns piling in a station wagon, showing up with some stilts and going to walk around and throw some mud around. We are running a business. This is a business and cash flow is a big proponent of the business. Yes. Deposits help. Deposits help with cash flow. Look, we yep. have insurance costs. Yep. You know, um, all of those things. And I think I think that we we as a trade, you know, got devalued like that. We're like, fuck these guys. They don't need any upfront money. Look at them. They're fucking this and that. And and for us to actually I, I love that point that you brought up, because I think it's really, really important, you know, to sit there and say, hey, I had to learn what my value was. And be yeah. able to walk in with confidence and just say, yeah, I am worth this much. And I think I, I, this is what I warrant my trade. This is my years of experience that you're yeah. paying for. And I think also with that, learning how to say no is also a big learning curve. Because in the beginning, I can remember me, I was young, I was hungry. And you're saying yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. It's a scary thing when you have to get to a point where you can actually say no. And you're like, oh, fuck, where's the next job? Where am I going to next job? So that's also a confidence builder as well. If you can say no and get to that point, you know what? I always tell, I, I, I think it's funny because, you know, they're always, it's always, well, the customer is interviewing. Did you ever think for one time that maybe the drywall guy, me, maybe I'm interviewing you to see if I want to work for you? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I don't get along with you or I think you're a douchebag. You know, I don't want right. to work for you. So when you get to that level and I'm not again, I'm this, like you said, I'm, this isn't a bragging thing. This isn't like an arrogant thing. This is just talking to how do we get the value for our experience? And yeah, those are yeah, all yeah. the things that come with it, you know, and and I think to have that mentality is a big, big deal. You yeah. Know? Vetting, really? cli- vetting clients and also builders. Cause you got to watch Absolutely. out. You got to watch out for those builders, man. I, uh, I remember going to look at a patch with my guy, Jack clear out in Placidus 30 minute drive one way, you know, I'm burning three hours. The guy said that the patch looked a certain way. He sent me a photo. I asked him a specific question about the patch, you know, and, and the answer he gave me was not correct. When I got to the job, I was instantly pissed. Cause I was like, sure. you said it was this way and it's not this way. And he, uh, he disguised it with, we're going to do fresco harmony on a bunch of stuff, but I really need this patch done. Nobody else will do it. When it's like, I figured exact, I figured out exactly why nobody else would do it. Cause the guy's a douchebag. And like yeah. <laughs> I called him and I was like, I'm happy to do the fresco harmony. I don't want to do that patch. Cause right. it's nightmare patch. And, uh, didn't even call back. Not even the common courtesy to like, you know, call back. And I burned probably four hours, um, sure. you know, and, and guess what? I don't ever have to work with that guy again. I, I, I totally agree with you, but to get to that 
level where you have the confidence build, you know, you have that confidence in, in your value and what you bring to the table, you know, it takes a little bit of time in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I've had many, many of those builders where I chased for money and I just ran around and, you know, wasted more time. And then I, you know, then I realized it's like, if they don't respect your time, they don't respect you. And don't use that carrot in front of the horse trick. Oh, you know what? If you do this job for, you know, 10 cents yeah. a square foot, I'll give you all of these other houses over here. Oh, yeah. And how many times I fell for that? It was just be like, yeah, yeah fuck you after that, yeah. you know? So, yeah, you're going to get a lot of work from this one. A lot. Yeah. We're going to. So I hope you have your I hope you have the next year open because you're going to be yeah. busy and it's like crickets, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like crickets. Just like, oh, <laughs> if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. And it, it, it never works out that way. You know, I do have a pivot. And, I, I do have a pivot con yes. uh, a concept for your brewery. I don't know if you thought about it, but uh, uh, N.A. beer, non-alcoholic beer. Have you considered uh, going in that direction? Because I think that is the next huge, huge market to hit. I think yep, you're yep, still yep. on the front end of it, but the, all of these major dudes are coming out with uh, NA beers now. Yeah, but the problem is if I do an NA beer, I can't market to any drywallers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's cutting out 80% of your business. <laughs> That's 80%. Sorry, you sorry, 95, 95% 95. of your business. Yeah, yeah. I would have a better chance to going into the uh, cannabis industry. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The um the NA um yeah, the NA the I mean it's one of those things like the the big boys who have that 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 down pat um I think somebody came to me not long ago and you know when the seltzer craze was going they were like well, why don't you make seltzer spike seltzer yeah. spike or seltzer. even like, 5 what? even 5 years ago I think that NA beer man you would have been like yeah. on the cutting That's edge the of that because that gets your beer That's too the into the into the location. You're like, hey, not you know, you guys should try my beer; it's really good. But we also have an NA beer option for the yeah, DUI. It's 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 a, it's a difficult process, and I don't think any any NA beer is truly NA. There is a small percentage right. that they can't remove. But I think I think at this point in time, if you're can, if you're just contemplating or just getting into the game now, you're already five years behind, you know. And that was yeah. the case with the seltzer too. It's like like what am I going to do? Put myself yeah. into by the time I perfect that, and by the time I get into that market, um, you know, I'm already yeah. behind. So yeah. uh, it's just and it's a, it's a tough process, you and know. It's, who it's cares anyways? Who cares anyways? Because you can take advantage of old ladies and and way upsell patches. And just, just be stealing money from these old ladies, <laughs> left and right. <laughs> I can't afford. I can't afford anything. You're charging me four hundred dollars for my patch. <laughs> Sorry, oh <God>. man. <laughs> Imagine I do. I, I do have a heart. I'm actually. I'm actually most most of the, most of the customers that I do work for nowadays. I actually become friends with them, and they invite yeah, me over for yeah. like dinner. They give me bottles of wine and yeah. they say, Oh, you know, what do you eat? And I just did a job not long ago for an old, older Italian woman right here in, up in Albany. And uh, uh, oh, she couldn't get anybody you. to do this repair. She sent me home with a bottle of Prosecco and, 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 a, and a bag of broccoli Rob. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I was Beautiful. Like, okay. I'm going to eat tonight. We'll make a little pasta and put it together. But that's, that, that's, you know, in this day and age, you know, I don't know how it is out West, but especially here, if you just show a little consideration, you actually call the people back, um, treat them with respect, um, you know, do the job when you say you're going to be there. I think you can really get away with not get away with, but you can, you can warrant your, your price and people are willing just for, and I, yeah. I, I used to tell the, the, the guys, customers way back, you know, when I had all the guys working, I said, look, I might be more expensive, but what's it worth to you to make one phone call? Like you're going to make one phone call and you're going to know the job's complete from start to end. You're not going to be looking out mm -hmm. your window going, Hey, where are these guys? Like, are they going to show up today? Or are they not going to show up today? We were on a reputable kale mm -hmm. drywall was a reputable, you know, top of the line drywall company on long Island for 25 plus years. I mean, yeah. to me, that says a lot of what we did, you know, and um, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the fact that 
I had many guys working for me for 12, 15 years, one dude, 17 years. I watched them have kids and pay off mortgages working for me. I mean, that to me is a big success and I'm very, very proud of that, you know? Um, so it, to, to, for people to, I get very defensive and I know you do too, when people do look at the trade, our trade specifically, and really put it as, put us, you know, earmarked or labeled as bottom feeders. Like, yeah. What the fuck did these guys know? You yeah. Know? I get defensive about it. So, you know. Yeah, and that's, I, I mean, the, that's a another reason for the fresco. I mean, you're just taking basically the same skills that you have. You're throwing color into the mud and you're like doing something completely different that now all sure. of a sudden, now all of a sudden, because there's color in the mud, I can charge four times as much and I get a pat on yeah. the back. I don't get like, right. I don't get browbeaten. So, so there's kind of that little thing there too. Um, you know, there was a lot of that when I started, it was like, Oh, these plaster guys are getting a lot of money. I feel like I could do it easier with joint compound, you know, um, Ken Landon out of Albany, New York. I do a little thing called uh, Pearl of Wisdom where I ask about, you probably recognize where I ask each interviewee if they have a Pearl of Wisdom they could bestow upon the drywall community. What is yours? <laughs> the drywall community, words of wisdom, huh? Pearl of wisdom. Yeah, from Ken. This um, is your one shot, buddy. <laughs> one and only shot. I mean, I have a lot of words of wisdoms, but yeah. um, I think uh, if if I were to say anything, at the end of the day, to wrap it all up, um, I think su success is something you achieve by the person you become. And, um, you know, I think that never, you know, don't, don't, devalue just what we talked about don't devalue your value you know um what do you and, mean and, by that success is a person you become success success is something you achieve by the person you become in other words you know you can't you can't you have you can't look out at the environment and change the environment to be successful you have to change yourself you know um at least I believe that I believe that the work, you know, don't change the sunshine. Don't change the rain. Don't change the soil. You know, just don't wish for things to be easier. Wish for you to be better. You know, uh, don't wish, for, don't wish for things to be cheaper, you know, make more money, you know, that's very Gandhi sort of like Gandhi be the change you want to see. Hey man, I'm, I'm very multi-layered. <laughs> I'm like I'm like an onion. If you start peeling shit back, you never know yeah, what you're yeah. gonna find. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe but no, a couple... I mean it's true. It's it's true. It's yeah, true. yeah. Um, very good talking to you, Ken. Uh, pretty cool, right? You know, we just talk about drywall, talk about the industry. We it. got we got into like you know some of the some of the costs and the price points and things like that. But you, um, I appreciate your time. You're very you know knowledgeable. I appreciate you giving Fresco a whirl. Um, you know, you need to get a couple colors, make some samples. That's how you sell it. But, uh, you could certainly, Absolutely. you could certainly diversify your business, your current business model by doing some accent walls, you know, anytime somebody wants a thing skimmed out, you know, uh, it, it's just a kind of a fun caveat to being a drywaller, but, uh, thanks so much. I love for being, I... <laughs> thanks for being on the drywall podcast, man. You were a lot of fun. Oh man, I love it. I think it's great, man. We'll, we have to revisit in a couple of months, six months from now and see what happens. You know, maybe I'll get my minimum charge up to like $2,000, you know, who knows? <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, it's well, and you're in a, probably a higher end area too, where, you know, I mean, I get a lot of like plaster because when also when you start going down that path, then people don't know me as the drywall patch guy. I'll turn down the patches. I'm just the yeah. fancy wall guy. That's what you turn That's into. Okay. And there's no fancy wall guys out there. So when you oh. when you do enough that you become the fancy wall guy, well, you know, there's no competition. It's nice. Hey, know? listen, 
I already have a plan for the Fresco Harmony. There's no one in this area that's even heard of it. There's no one yeah. that even knows what it is. And I've already yeah. started talking to some of my customers about it to see what their feedback was and like, hey, and once I start, you know, getting getting it more out there and presenting some samples, I'll be yep. able to sell that. There's, 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 there's no reason why I can't, you know? Yeah. And, and it's not for, it, it may not be for every house or it may not be for everyone, but at least I have it in my arsenal where I can able be able to present it as something else that we can provide for the homeowner, you know? Right. Right. So, well, I, I hope you great. have a, I hope you have a good day, sir. Thank you for um, adjusting your schedule a little bit. It worked out and I'm glad we got to talk, man. So, so cool to get to know you next time I'm in Albany. <laughs> we'll have or to even, hang out. Even Manhattan. Even in Manhattan. I'm only I'm yeah. 45 minutes from Manhattan. My uh, sister-in-law cool. is up in the Catskills. Uh, we go to New York all the time. I love it. Yeah, love, so I'm, uh, I'm right. I'm, the, the brewery's in Catskill. So. Yeah, so, so yeah, they're, so outside of, they're outside of Cold Spring, New York. Yeah, remember we talked. That was um, Owen. Oh yeah, you know, you know Owen. Did you listen to my interview with Owen? A little bit of it, yeah, a little bit. The one that was outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a character. I know, I, I you know, I know, I, I know of Owen. I don't know him very well personally. When I was coming into Athens, he was kind of on his way out. That's but right. My brewery is literally a block away from the Stewart House that he used to own. So it's nuts. a small world. That is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother story for another yeah. podcast. Chapter two. You know. All right, buddy. Well, you Chapter have a good two. day. Uh we'll talk soon. Absolutely, Nick. Thanks. It was a pleasure and uh looking forward to uh talking with you in the future. All right, sir. Bye. Special thanks to Ken Landon of KL Drywall for being with us on the Drywall Podcast today. I appreciate your time and your knowledge. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to in its entirety on your favorite platforms such as Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and also YouTube. Stay tuned next Friday when I have a special 50th episode planned. We are going to distill the iconic pearls of wisdom down into one full-length episode so that you can absorb the amazing brilliance that is the drywall community this episode of the drywall podcast was brought to you by tech dry tools guess of the drywall podcast will receive a cool tech dry tool along with lots of other great swag compliments of CSR. You can find TechDry tools and just about every other drywall tool you'd ever want at csrbuilding.com. Check out their store in Toronto also. Thank you so much for joining us on the Drywall Podcast today. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys and gals have a fantastic weekend. And remember keep drywalling.